0: G'day, everybody. It's time for the LJ and Ridders AFL podcast with a little bit of test cricket in. Journalists with the Wimmera Mail down there in Western Victoria where it's been quite chilly. Lucas James Holmes, hello. Well, good evening, David. Yes, it has.
1: Very much so. We got into the negatives. Um, we were recording on, a what, a Wednesday? Got into the negatives on Tuesday morning yesterday. So it been a little bit chilly, but it's it's a Western Victoria winter. What can you expect?
0: <laughs> well, somewhere where you went to university for a little while was minus seven this morning, yeah. uh, just a Blaney, just down the road, family there. And it was three degrees in Wagga yesterday, and that's a maximum. That's unheard of. Trust me, I know. I'm from Wagga as a kid. Three degrees maximum. You're kidding me. Anyway, that's the way it is. Lucas, just before we go to football, what a wonderful game of test cricket was played at Edgebast and an extraordinary result. My brother texted me from Perth and he'd stayed up, and I hadn't stayed up. And just unbelievable, quickly, before we go to the footy. Yeah,
1: nor had I. Um, it was quite late. It was like two or three in the morning by the time it had finished. But 4:30. yeah, fantastic. It finished
0: 4:30. at four thirty Australian time.
1: There you go. So one thirty in uh, sorry, two thirty in WA is semi reasonable um, for for those nocturnals. Not like you and I at the moment. Um, but yeah, great, great, great. Um, great brochure for Test Create really was speaking before we got rolling on film that the atmosphere was amazing. Um, Edge Baston, as you said, always seems to turn it on and. Uh, some great individual performances, but it really came down to Cummins and Line didn't it? that ninth wicket partnership that got us home.
0: There was an article before the series, the Test series, where they spoke about the the vital importance of the men batting eight, nine, ten, and eleven. Now Ollie Robinson made a half-sledge, half-accurate remark when he said Australia's got three number 11s. Scott Boland's made 20 as a night watcher, and then Nathan Line's made 16 not out. And there, ladies and gentlemen, is the crux of it. Cummins and Line put on 55. Um, for the last wicket. So many things went right for Australia. Ben Ben Stokes is on one lee. Mo and Ali's got a red raw finger, which meant that Joe Root had to bowl. Now, Joe Root's an okay bowler, but I think there'd be a lot of... You'd rather face him than Mo and Ali. He bowls a heavier ball than him. But just an amazing game. We'll go into the footy in a sec. But phenomenal entertainment. Just... Test cricket is so hectic when it gets like this, and it seems as though every time Australia and England get near edge baston, it's a wonderful Test match. Um, good ground, the atmosphere was extraordinary, and the fact that the winning runs were scored right in front of the Australian fans was fantastic.
1: Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was a great advertisement. Um, two high quality um, bowling lineups. To be interesting to see what they do, England spinner wise. You've obviously got the young leggy. Uh, Renan Ren Ahmed, who debuted over in Pakistan there, he's only what, 18 or 19 years of age. This is all depending on how Ali's finger um, shores up. You've also got Matt, Matt Parkinson, who's actually just moved from Lancashire at Kent in the county game as a decent leg spinner. So they've got option another leg spinner, my end. So they've got options that just be interesting because Ali really shores up that lower order, order batting, which too is can be a bit of an issue for England, which we've seen in the past as well.
0: I would think the Australians would go straight after Ahmed with so many left-handers, particularly the, um, guys like Head who love to hit the ball square, but we shall see. On to the footy. Round 14 games going all the way back. It seems so long ago. Port Adelaide belted Geelong 16-14 to 11-6. Great performance in Adelaide. As uh, most – I think Lucas might have picked the card. No. went. Which did you I, miss I, on?
1: I went 3 somehow. Oh.
0: And I didn't, yeah. I didn't. So, yeah, oh, but I went the sun. So Brisbane defeated Sydney 13-19, profligate shooting to 12-9. This is the result that surprised me. Not that, that the Giants won, but the size of up. Fremantle were limp. And I'm sorry, if people want to disagree, go for your life. They were limp. That was a poor performance. The Giants 16-10 in a pretty decent vein of form. And the Dockers 5-6. Richmond... over St Kilda, 11-4. Richmond starting to get things moving. Carlton back to form, 18-12 over the Suns, 8-13. And I must admit, I didn't think that had happened. And then North Melbourne certainly played accountable football against Western Bulldogs. The Doggies, 15-15 with Marcus Bontempelli having a day out. And North Melbourne, 13-6. Lucas, your thoughts on round 14. We've got a whole stack to talk about tonight. Uh, Your thoughts on round 14 first.
1: Yeah, I'll just drop down the card and a couple of issues, issues and things that have arisen since then. But yeah, Port, what was it? Seven goals um, in, in the second term. Uh, to that effect, in the second half alone, they kicked 11-6 to Geelong's 4-3. Um, six goals of those 11 was from stoppage for Port Adelaide. So that was important for them. Um, looking at numbers, Dan Houston, 31 disposals, two tackles, six clearances. Ollie Wines, 28 disposals, six tackles, four, four clearances, we all know. How good he is, Zach Guthrie. Um, but for Geelong, 26 disposals, seven marks, and being that halfback, he had six, 12 metres gained. And uh, for some numbers for you later on as well, Zach Butters, 23 disposals, a goal, three tackles, and eight clearances. But the, but the story on the field, in terms of a team performance, was for Port David. But to hear the reports coming out of Geelong's camp and for Patrick Dangerfield um, after the game was, was scary, really. Don't know how he got through. The rest of that game, a partially collapsed lung and a cracked rib, um, drove home um, back to Geelong from That's right. uh, Adelaide because of the injuries. And Geelong only uh, list him as a short-term injury, but those, but to play through a game with that severity of injury is—you um, don't see that very often at all.
0: Robert De Pietomenco did it in that famous 1989 Grand Final. He did the exact same thing. Uh, and Burton was also wounded. They, that, they were different days then. That, that was vicious, brutal football. Uh, Dangerfield's been overruled by the medical team playing this weekend. He's told them he's right to go and he's not being allowed to play. So that shows me that Geelong's got the right structures in place. Um, Joe Dangerfield obviously feels that at this age it's worth the risk. Port yep. Adelaide just keep on keeping on. Um, I think most of us tipped that Brisbane would beat Sydney. And around or about that, Mark, I think you and I had three to four goals or something like that. And that's exactly what happened. Um yeah, look, someone needs to explain to me. From Mandel just all you think they're in a vein of form and then all of a sudden they get beat down. Now Richmond's playing good for me, But there's no way that Fromandel should come to Sydney and be belted by 70. By my Giants, that's a ridiculously poor performance, and it's a limp performance. Yeah, and
1: maybe arguably the Giants, maybe second or third best impo- most important player Jesse Hogan was laid out as well. He's been superb for them this year. It was another yes, he key has. forward. Um, so Jack Riccardi, Keith uh, career high, excuse me, five goals for the Orange yep. and Charcoal. Jo- Josh Kelly, superb. 33 disposals, three goals, which for him you don't see very often. uh, Two tackles and eight clearances. On the Frio side, Caleb Sarong, 32 touches, a goal, a tackle and four clearances. And Tom Green, 31 disposals, six tackles and six clearances.
0: Tom Green could end up being a scary footballer by the end of his career. Every single time he plays for GWS, he's in their best six. He is so consistent of footballer for such a young man. Um, Yeah, look, so great performance and, you know, important percentage for the GWS as well, just quietly. Yeah.
1: Richmond, a comp- Sorry, go on. No, just out of that, too. Uh, Lucky Whitfield was cited for a uh, uh, rough conduct charge with a tackle. David, he's accepted that one week band as well. So, he'll miss the game. I believe it's against Melbourne after their
0: bye. Which, obviously, is not necess- he's not great for GWS. They need all their best against the Demons. Richmond, a very good performance. 13-12 to 11-4, and Tim Tirando, as we'll talk about in a little while when we come to votes, Tim Durando's on an unstoppable tear. He's, right now, could be the best footballer in Australia week in, week out. Right now, he could be.
1: Yeah, it was a, bit, it was a big occasion too for Richmond, David. Of course, Trent Cochin's 300th game. It was a, a lightning-fast first term. Obviously, didn't get it was working that evening, but six goals, four to five straight in Richmond's favour in that first quarter, David, but uh, By gee, the rain set in after that. And just some, just some stats for you as well. An interesting look at St Kilda. And we, we know how solidly, in that first month, month and a half, they set up behind the football. Uh, over 2023, David, St Kilda averaged 38 points from turnovers um, so far in 2023. Uh, and the Tigers scored 60, just over 10 goals on them off turnovers. So that that was a big element of the game. You spoke about Toronto there. He had 38 a goal, 10 <laughs> tackles and six clearances. Uh, Dustin Martin, 35, three tackles and uh, six clearances. To St. Kilda, Brad Crouch, 33, three tackles, five clearances. And Cochin, David, he was superb too. 29 disposals, two tackles, five, sorry, two goals, five tackles and three clearances in his 300th game.
0: Can I throw one at you about Trent Cochin? Yep. He won a Brownlow medal in the most extraordinary way. Yes. Do you think that his and Sam Mitchell's Brownlow, because I've got an opinion on this, do you think that it is sullied or do you think that it's – and the reason I ask is because of what happened with Joe Watson. Yeah. For mine, I, I regard him as a genuine Brownlow medalist. I don't care how he won the medal. It wasn't his fault that someone else had done something or another club had done something. I, I regard Mitchell and Cochin as some of the finest players I've seen.
1: Yeah, a, a, a this last generation definitely. I think from a broader perspective, and maybe when you dig into a little bit deeper, I think there could not. I wouldn't say there's an asterisk, but something to that effect over it. Particularly those that don't support yep. <laughs> that yep. support us. And then potentially I think they're always yep. going to be that broader um, look at it. Um, but as you said, that that doesn't take away of any of what Cottens achieved, particularly brings su- success to a club that had. Had suffered for a long period of time, and he's, he's a he, he's a one club player, David, and that and that's a huge achievement. When you look at someone like two, like Brett Delidia, who spent the majority of his career at Richmond, and then 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 moved away to the Giants, it doesn't matter where he where he went, but then had to watch his old club go through that period of success. It would have been tough, but it doesn't take anything away from what cochins achieved over his career. What'll be interesting too is this his last year, potentially with Hardwick gone. I think Ringvold and Koch, and it's, it's potentially their last year for me at this stage.
0: I wonder if Trent Koch will go up as an assistant coach at, at Carrara. You heard it first. Um, we shall see. This is the one that surprised me. Um, Carlton finding some form and finding it very, very well. 18-12 to 8-13 is a thumping. Um, very well done by the Blues. They've copped the pizzling over the last six weeks, most of it justified. This is a very complete performance by the Blues. They'll be thrilled and relieved.
1: Yeah, that's to say the least, David. It was a nine-goal second term that- really blew the game open. Uh, and it showed the way they can play football. We've seen in the past, David, when they've trailed, they almost flick a switch, play longer, play more direct. It's scary scary when you've got players like uh, Patrick Cripps and seeing Wallace storming at the front of the stoppage. And then you've got to have one key back and maybe a hybrid defender to take on Mackay and Kerno. So it's always going to be tough. They were always on the front foot and it showed. They were superb. Yes, it's against the Gold Coast. They're so a little bit undermanned. Again, that could muddy it a little bit, but it's a great performance nonetheless because they've, they've played decent football in patches so far, Gold Coast this year. But then again, they haven't really been able to string it together for multiple games in a row.
0: No, they haven't. And that could cost them later on. And then North Melbourne, again, playing pretty reasonable football, um, going down by 20. Marcus Bontempelli a day out. Let me do this one, Lucas. 32 disposals, 11 tackles, if you don't mind. Um, Just a a, a 158 points, which is, if you understand this point system, is almost unheard of. Tim English, also a great game for for the Dogs. And um, North Melbourne holding them. Uh, Accountable. I tell you what, there was an article earlier this week about how good a footballer Todd Goldstein's been. Um, He's quite possibly. Remember that North Melbourne had a guy who won a Brown Medal who played the ruck called Gary Dempsey. Goldstein could be in North Melbourne's best ever side. You know, he's that good.
1: Well, and I've said for a long period of time too. He's probably the second or third best ruckman of this of this sort of current. uh, Last generation, Gorn's right up there. Dean Cox is sort of crosses over between the two, but he's up there in that ilk. Um, Sandil- and Aaron Sandellins as well. Yeah.
0: You've got to throw him into that because he yeah. was when he was right, he was un- unstoppable.
1: Yeah, he, he was too, David. And Just to dig a little bit deeper on some of the numbers there that may interest some people. It was North that got off to the fast start, David. They kicked, they kicked four goals in the first term and they led yes. at, at quarter time. But then the dogs kicked into gear. It was actually the second time. At this season, the Dogs have kicked 100-plus points in 2023. The first time of the year was against Frio in round five, David. They kicked 17 goals, 16 in that occasion. As you said there, Bontepelli, superb. Trelaw racked up 34, and she's all 32. Two tackles and five clearances. And uh, three players kicked uh, three goals, David. Stevenson, Bontepelli is the other. And there's one more that I'll speak about too very shortly.
0: Um, Yeah, look, that sort of gets us to uh, the next part of of our agenda here. tonight. we've already spoken about Patrick Dangerfield. Lucas, you've got some uh, injury updates. Jones, O'Brien, Crozier, Jeffrey, and Ryan. Yeah, some some big injuries. And
1: at the end of that game, we just just spoke of for the most part, all mostly to do with the Western Bulldogs there. Uh, Liam Jones suffered a forearm injury. David, he was kicked uh, in that part of the arm and suffered two separate breaks. Um, they've inserted a plate in there, David, and then he'll be out for the next eight to 10 weeks, basically taking him out of the rest of the home and away season. he meaning been in all Australian conversation too, when he's first year back at the club that he was originally drafted to, David, there, Liam Jones, uh, Tim O'Brien, former Hawk, hamstring eight or nine weeks also in that match. Hayden Crozier played in the VFL, David, and also did a hamstring eight to 10. Uh, for that one, Samson Ryan, for Richmond, David was subbed out of that game against St Kilda at halftime with an ankle concern. Uh, they've got a TBC on him at this stage. And Joel Jeffrey um, was the other one, I believe, on my list there. He suffered a stress fracture in his foot, David. So he, he'll he be out for that uh, medium turn as well. They've got six
0: to eight weeks here. Yes, so Joel read, Jeffrey. Read that in our prep for tonight. Lucas, the one thing before we go to talk about James Cicely and some contract extensions, the one thing that I find fascinating in the last couple of years, if how is how many hamstrings go past eight weeks now, and it shows me the amount of pressure that the hamstrings and the the the, the muscle that goes at the back. I've forgotten it's now. I think it's it, it goes into sciatica area. I know James heard had this. What happens is a lot of hamstrings because they kick so much end up going extra long and they start to get in the back and cause you back problems. But you've just named a couple of eight to nine week hamstring injuries now even in our generation, since you've been watching football, remember, we didn't have that many. Not not of that. There was always two to three weeks, as you say these days, three to four weeks, particularly if they're older. But eight to nine weeks, that's a significant... T- I know, I've done one. I did a nine-weeker and I should have had 12 off. Mind you, I played in minus three. That's another matter, and I couldn't run. But it's interesting, it's just interesting how hamstrings have evolved with the length of time they take.
1: Yeah, and of course, um, it's all to do on a case by case basis how old the players are. If they've had, an, if they've had a history of soft tissue injuries, we've, we've spoken about Adam Traoré in the past. He had that horrific one where he tore both off the bone in front of the interchange gates in that Collingwood Carlton game a number of years ago. Now, but so it's all to do on a case by case. Some of those players there, Crozier's been around a while. Um, Tim O'Brien, two clubs, hasn't been in the league for that long when you're in the grand scheme of things, but. It can it depend on a club thing as well. Are they resting them for the final? Are they trying to get them fresh back for the finals? The Western Bulldogs should be there. But that Liam Jones one is a particularly big one, David. They've also got another one out at the moment. Ed Richards was the other one who did a hamstring a, a few weeks ago, who's also
0: a soft tissue injury there at the Western Bulldogs at the moment. Well, interesting with Liam Jones, it's fascinating that he's got a broken forearm in two places. But one thing that may not be affected by that's his running base. He, may, yeah. he will be able to run. And if his arm's right, he may actually be able to have some ball drills. It's obviously the strength. He'll probably come back with that Mal Meninga-type arm guard from when Meninga broke his arm playing for the Raiders many times. But we'll have to wait and see whether that's yeah. made, it, that, uh, made legal by the AFL, I might add.
1: It'll be a matter of two with his recovery with his forearm, if he's able to sweat too, if he's going to wear any cast or anything like that so on a run from a running base that may hold him back a little bit.
0: True. James Sicily's lost his appeal uh, for for a dangerous tackle. Yes, he has, David. It was
1: interesting, too, okay. about just before we came on. This was from round 13 um, and because Hawthorne had the bye, um, they held it back to Tuesday night. He was suspended, David. The uh, incident was graded as careless conduct. Ca- careless, co- careless conduct. It's a third time. I'll get it out. Severe impact and high contact. I went to the appeals board, the correction on Monday night, and um, and it was failed to be overturned. So, Sicily all uh, missed the next three matches, David, as to uh, Ryan Mantle of St. Miss James Brisbane. St. Kilda and West Coast. Uh, he collected James Aish high, David, in the round 13 clash as well. Of course, I spoke about last week, Aish um, might miss multiple weeks, but he, he could be well within the frame to return for Freo this week. David, that was uh, graded as careless conduct. Severe impact and high contact. He too wasn't able to get it overturned, so he'll also miss three weeks for Richmond.
0: Wow! Uh, yeah, it's interesting. What happens sometimes when you when you roll the dice? Contract extensions, Louis. You've uh, Larky and, Roche- and Rochelle. Yeah.
1: Um, the, sorry, David. They're the two yeah. big ones. Last couple of weeks, Larky particularly uh, out of contract. I believe end of this year, if not the end of next year, he's turned his back on free agency, David, and it was the end of next season. He was meant to come out of contract. He signed a five-year extension, uh, David, to the end of 2029. So that's one of the uh, big key forwards uh, locked away. Only I spoke about Blakey a while ago now. Blakey, Oliver, and Harry Mackay um, are are both contracted longer, David. But I think it's almost identical to the NFL. I think you get these young um, young players coming out of contract, I think they'll want the security of longer-term deals, and I think these will just keep turning over and we'll get um, longer and longer, but as we've seen with uh, contract extensions like Brodie Grundy, particularly for those key position players, David, I think they will be fewer, um, particularly for Ruckman, who get, who put themselves through a fair bit on a game-to-game basis.
0: Absolutely agree with you. Uh, I do think that long-term in, that contracts have, are replete with danger, um, I do I do think now that we can look back on his career, that the Swan's decision to go with Lance Franklin, I'm not so sure if they'd do that again. They certainly wouldn't have gone for Kurt Tippett. They didn't, they certainly wouldn't have known that Kurt Tippett's body would let him down. And if you ever met Kurt Tippett as I did, it, the best build of a bloke you've ever seen, but his body just let him down. Interesting yeah. times.
1: And two more, David. Um but Adelaide particularly, Josh Rochelle, of course, this afternoon. Shelley, sorry. Speaking, speak, speaking of long-term deals, again, the end of 2029. Uh, it's been a big couple of weeks for Adelaide. Refund Saligo, Trace Jones, father-son Max Machalani, who's had an outstanding year. He's played every game in Schoenberg too. But Richelli's a big one. Pick six in the 2021 draft. 33 goals over 26 games so far in his first two seasons at Adelaide. He's been doing... Outstanding goal kicking forward, and himself and Isaac Rankin in that Adelaide Ford fifty from a small forward point of view. It's a it's a
0: lethal combination for
1: them at the moment.
0: It is, although they've got a massive test this week in Melbourne, yeah. round fifteen, Geelong hosting Melbourne at Cadinia Park Thursday night football. That's that's the game of the round without question. St Kilda and Brisbane's probably the second best game of the round. That's on Friday night. That's at Docklands. Saturday, Twilight Sydney hosting West Coast. Then late game is Fremantle and Essendon, and that game's at Optus Stadium in Perth. Then Collingwood and Adelaide is actually an intriguing fixture, although there's a clear favourite. That's at the MCG. And then the last game of the week is at Heritage Bank at Carrara, Gold Coast hosting Hawthorne. Lucas, first, the first two games of the round have got some amass, oh, Sorry, I do apologise. Byes, Carlton, North Melbourne, Port Adelaide, Western Bulldogs, the Giants and Richmond. Lucas, first of all, Geelong and Melbourne at Kardinia Park. Huge game, betting lines, pretty close to being even money. Who you got here? Yeah, uh, big game, David, and great timing in our front
1: too because they've literally just dropped the sides for this for tomorrow night. So here we go. Um, changes from Geelong from last week, David. In comes Reece Stanley. He's overcome a draw, uh fractured draw that's kept him out of some games this season. Of course, we just spoke about Dangerfield. He's out. Um, Jack Bowes, the other one was the sub last week. He's gone. And for Melbourne, from that uh, victorious game on King's Birthday Monday, in comes Harrison Petty. Interesting to see what end of the ground he's play- he plays. Mainly as a defender, he's played forward some weeks. Adam Tomlinson's been omitted, uh, so too Charlie Spargo. So with Tomlinson going out, that would potentially mean that he's playing back. Um, but he's, been, he's, he's swung between the, been the, between the two ends of the ground. So the game specifically uh, at Cadenia at Park as well. So I think most people would lean Geelong. I'm not. Um, I think I'm going to go Melbourne. Petty Inns, big for them. Stanley back though to Geelong's big too. But Melbourne have been riding a wave the last couple of weeks. A huge win over Collingwood. They hang on there. Um, they'll have to straighten their kicking up and I think they'll be able to do that. I'll go Melbourne away from home. Interesting too, I think they were travelling to Geelong today and they were having a captain's run on Cadinia Park too. So that'll acclimatise them a little bit. Um, that being the case, I'll go Melbourne, David. But 14 points, maybe,
0: Max. Melbourne by 12 for me. I think they're too good. But Dangerfield not being there makes a difference in the rotations, though, despite the fact that Nolov um, you still know, struggling. Friday Night Football, St Kilda and Brisbane, after Brisbane's last performance, they're hard to pick. So neither, neither side were great last week. Brisbane, importantly, got four points. I still think they'll be in the final four. Um, I'll go first here. I think Brisbane by 16 points.
1: Yeah, it's at Marvel, which... Maybe any people maybe on, on the fence may lean to St. Kilda, but I'm agreeing with you, David, once again. I think Brisbane, Brisbane, although they've been uh, the lack of a better term, rubbish away from home. but So they'll have to straighten that up at some point. But I still think they've got too much firepower. Uh, Danaher was spoken about at length, that midfield to McCluggage. They've just got so much firepower in there. Dunkley and Neil on the inside are, are superb and um, Oscar McInerney, that'll be an interesting ruck battle with Rowan Marshall too. So there'll be one to watch. Um, I'll go Brisbane, David, and I'll pick them by three goals.
0: And it's an eight-point game. If Brisbane win this one, they're two games in front of Collingwood. Uh, sorry, in front of St Kilda. Two games in front of St Kilda if they win this. Uh, and that's massive for Brisbane. And, um, you know, they've got one three of the last five of those. They've lost two of their last three. Brisbane for mine as well. So apologies for Collingwood. Collingwood sitting up there quite happy. Uh, we'll talk about them in a minute. Sydney will beat West Coast by plenty. They have to. West Coast got basically a half a waffle side in and they're doing their very best.
1: Yeah, I don't think, I don't think there's too much um, to go on further there. Um, interesting to see how they go matching up on Jake Waterman and Oscar Allen inside their defensive 50 Sydney, although they've got some reinforcements back the last couple of weeks, haven't they, with Dan Ram- uh, Dane Rampy and the like. Um, it, was, it, it was touch and go too with Isaac Heaney as if he'll play this week as well. So... He's had probably a career best season, so interesting to see the uh, side when that comes out tomorrow evening. But yeah, Sydney, I don't particularly at the SCG too. I think they'll win by plenty.
0: And from Adelaide, Leston's actually quite an interesting fixture. That is a really interesting. That's five twenty-five PM West Australian time, uh, seven twenty-five our time, at the magnificent to Stadium. Um, who I've heard this week is the only place in Australia hosting Coldplay on their tour, which is a, a big get for the West Australian government, getting a world-renowned band at Optus. That'll be massive. Big big non-out. Um, I'm sorry. I can't pick Freo. They, they're they just... I don't know what they're doing. They've got to win, but they won't. I reckon Essendon will get them by 10 points.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, David. I think they would have absolutely copped it over there Um, and Justin Longmuir said as much Um, we need to stand up as coaches and and coach our players probably something to that effect in the post game presser last week but Essendon getting Peter Wright back he was absolutely superb at the MCG against Carlton straightened them up hadn't really had a key forward Essendon that Sam Draper had gone forward at points Um, Andrew Phillips had done the same when he's resting but Wright really straightens them up they've got some quality on the inside in their midfield Snelling's been superb dry cornwall Probably played one of the best games he's played in in red and black for them in that game a couple of weeks ago. Essendon, even though it's away from home, will tip them. And I think they'll uh, win by about that two and a half to three goal margin, David, at
0: Optus, Third big game of the round. I think this could be anything. The fact that it's at the MCG skews the balance. Collingwood and Adelaide. Collingwood coming off a rest, which they probably needed. They've been playing hard-stopping football for six or seven weeks. Uh, they get a chance to recharge the batteries. They'll beat Adelaide probably by about twenty to twenty-two points uh, at the MCG. Adelaide's not a bad side, um, and of course Taylor Walker's coming off a double figures performance. But they're playing Collingwood at the G, and they're a different they're a different mob at the MCG. Or well, I think Adelaide's a six goal better side at the Adelaide Oval, and I mean that sincerely. Collingwood for mine by four goals. Yeah, interesting too, Dave. Both sides coming off the
1: bye. Um, which for Collingwood uh, may help them as well. Jeremy Howe's been named as fit and available to play, so they may get some more rebound off their half-back line, which will help out, um, which they'll need it, against uh, um, a decent Adelaide forward line. We've spoken about Rochelle and Rankin before. Phil, Phil Thorpe and Walker Four as the key targets. Uh, Phil Thorpe will also help Riley O'Brien go through the ruck. Um this is the return matchup of that one earlier in the year. David and Riley O'Brien was absolutely lethal behind the football in the in the Max Gorn role, um, mopping up everything that uh, Collingwood were clearing out of the defence. But that was at the Adelaide Oval. This is at the MCG. As you said there, I think Collingwood need... I uh, refreshed. They needed to be... And I think they'll be about three to three and a half goals to the good of Adelaide. David, early, unfortunately, on Sunday afternoon.
0: Indeed. And interestingly... The Gold Coast Suns, if we, results go the way we think they may, the Gold Coast Suns could be level with Adelaide as of this Sunday. I think they'll beat Hawthorne. They have to. Yes, I know that they were depleted last week, but Gold Coast is not without a chance at the, at the eight, and these are the games that they have to win, and I think they will.
1: Yeah, I, I think they will too, David. I think there's still a little bit uh, too much quality, uh, particularly experienced quality at this stage for Hawthorne. Levi Casbolt. Played well for them last week. He's really rejuvenated his career after he moved from Carlton. He kicked two goals, including an incredible snap from the right forward pocket for a right footer. Uh, but I digress. I think they've just got a number of decent players around the ball uh, and doing a good role too. We've spoken about Ballard and Collins in defence. And Holman, forward of the football, has done a good job. And uh, Ben King, since his return early in the year from ACL, has been good for them. I'll go the Suns, David, at home against a Willful Hawthorne side, I think they'll still be too good by about five goals.
0: Okay, quickly. Um, so uh, the we discussed this earlier, but on the ASB and Unofficial Notable, there are now three leaders, three tied leaders, Petraka, Butters and Taranto. Taranto's last eight weeks, everybody, one and a half, two, two, one and a half, three, 252 and 2.5. He's been unstoppable. And... Um, and the only other player in the top eight who actually got votes in the weekend was the Bont. So the Bont and Nick Dacos are lurking within 10, as is Jordan Dawson. Marcus Bontempelli's on 18 and a half. Nick Daykos who, of course, didn't play last week. Um, so, look, you would think that the best and fairest medal in the league will come out of Dawson, Bontempelli, Dacos, Toronto, Butters and Petraka. I don't think anybody can get close to them now. Is that fair enough?
1: I think that's fair. Um, interesting to see how it progresses in the in the season two. We've spoken about Butters and Tyrande, particularly over this month, six weeks, that they've had outstanding. We we spoke about Petrarca and Nick Dacos earlier in the season, so it'll be interesting. And Oliver to that point till his injury, but he's more or less ruled out now. He's missed, what, three or four weeks. So he's, he's, yeah. he's gone from contention, which may, in the long run, help Petrarca. We've spoken about those three and gone in the last, what, 24 to 36 months. So... um It'll be big there, but yeah, it's and as we spoke about early in the season, it's the, it's the tightest Brownlow uh, race we've had in quite a while, David. To be honest with you,
0: absolutely, and it could come down to last game job. This it's and injuries and things like that. But Taranto's just playing out of his skin. It's the best in the last eight weeks. He's been the best footballer in Australia, which is remarkable. Along probably alongside Butters and Petrarca. those three have been fantastic. Louis, uh, you saw an absolute thriller last week our, 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 in, our, with Ararat just winning. Uh, you were telling me a, a late goal there got them just, just, just over Nimbaula, and then now two games in front of the Wimmer, Wimmera Wimmer Seniors.
1: Yeah, a, a wild and woolly in the end. Uh, Alexandra over in Ararat. David uh, rain flew in in, in three quarter time, but yeah, Jack Ganley goal with with about a minute, minute, minute to go uh, kept Ararat undefeated, run alive. They're two games clear. At, top of the Wimmera footy and netball league at the moment. Um, they've got some quality players and they play their home ground so well, David. So two, two games clear as we effectively flip into the second half of the year now. Nine teams, 18 rounds. So everyone plays each other twice, two by. So we're back to round one, as it were. So this week for me, I'm going out to nil. Uh, nil and up, these two sides are uh, Met in the thriller in round one, David Neil were up by five goals at three quarter time. Tim Buller kicked eight in the last quarter and won by two goals. So, a good game of footy there, and it's four v five in in the netball too between the two local rivals. Only about fifteen or twenty minutes apart from each other geographically, David. So that's where I'll be heading
0: on Saturday. And no doubt there'll be a a sausage roll in there and a can a can of diet cola as well at some stage or Coke Zero. <laughs> Pasties
1: in this part of the world, David, aren't bad. I'll, I'll let you
0: know that much. Yeah, because you're getting closer to the South Australian border. That's why, because past pasties. <laughs> and, uh, and here in Sydney, for the first time ever, for me, it's at Olds Park at Pennhurst, a very large Olds Park at St. George and UTS. And these these two have just got to start winning and winning more games. St. George are right on the cusp of the five with Manly. UTS have got to find a way. And UTS has got no buys left. They've had their second buy. So they're the only team left that's got eight, eight cracks in it. So that'll be, that's a a, a little bit after two o'clock. This Saturday, I'm flying solo. Um, as you as you may not be aware, Ashborg's going to stay up in the Hunter Valley and do and call some games up there. Is the plan? And uh, dono has got Macquarie University going as this week. So I'm on my own just just for the one game this weekend. Looking forward to that. Louis, thank you so much for your time on a Tuesday night. Uh, looking forward to uh, catching up with you later on. Again, Lucas will be at Nil and Dimbolo. That game's at Davis Park in Nil. It's 20 past two on Saturday afternoon. For those you're listening down in, in Western Victoria, the other games Warak have got Holsham Saints. Waraknabel, Horsham um, Demons have got Minion Matal, that's at Horsham City Oval and Southern Mallee Giants, who are going along very nicely in second place, um, have got stall that games at Beuller Memorial Park, and our has got a week off. So they're the games in the in the Wimmera Footy League. And as, as Louis said, that nil and du of fish are very small. When small towns in football leagues play one another, it's on for young and old. Trust me, the rival. And if you go south of the border, even to Albury. The, the rivalries run very deep. It's totally different in New South Wales, particularly the further you get away from the Riverina, down in that part of the world. I can see the smile on Lucas Holmes's face at the moment, ladies and gentlemen. You can't. I can tell you the rivalries run very deep, and uh, it'll be on fee. I it should be a cracking afternoon there, in there, Louis.
1: Yeah, looking forward to it. And that's our local rivals uh, this week, David. It's Crookstown rivals next week, but I'll get to that. I'll get. I'll get. I'll get. Oh, to- you got the
0: horseshoe derby. Oh, what a fantastic. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, two quick things
1: before I go on the football front very quickly. One I spoke to you about earlier, one I did not. Um, so prior to the uh, Dogs um, North Melbourne game, David, yes. on, on on Sunday afternoon, there was an AFLW Academy and uh, under-23 All-Stars game played at Marvel Stadium, David. Um, on the AFL Sydney front, huge congratulations to Marnie Robinson of UTS who took part in that game, David. Huge achievement. I uh, believe she played on the under-23 side. I'm um, just confirming that now, and I'm mistaken. It's not. It's the uh, AFL Academy side. So, Marnie Robinson from AFL Sydney. Um, huge congratulations on that front, David. And speaking about the Crosstown rivals, um, Horsham Saints junior Joel Fraser played for Vic Country in the uh, under-18 national championships game, David, on last Sunday as well against South Australia. So, some, uh, some national uh, representative... Uh, Football for some play for some local players in each of our two regions.
0: That is just wonderful to hear. And Robinson can play. Trust me, you quite a talent. Louis, thank you so much for your time. Uh, it's been a pretty interesting day, um, uh, especially in cricket circles. And there's never it's never dull in football, is it? It's never dull at all. Take care, mate. We'll catch up with you next week. Appreciate it, David. Speak to you then. On behalf of Lucas James Holmes, this is David Redden. Take care. Hope you enjoy our podcast. Look forward to catching up with you very soon. Bye bye.